Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Courtside with Joe Morelli. Joe Morelli is the head boys basketball beat writer for Game Time CT in the Hearst, Connecticut Media Group. And I'm your host, Sean Patrick Bully. Well, your co-host, Sean Patrick Bully, And with me, as always, is Joe Morelli. Joseph, how are you doing? We're almost at the end of the season. We got a big show for everyone today. We got seven-footer Donovan Klingen from Bristol Central and, his, and Tim Barrett, his head coach. They are coming to join us in studio. Big day for us. We're, we'll get right to that as soon as possible. In fact, they may be out in the parking lot waiting as we tape this. Oh, really? They just <laughs> might be. Got- I mean, it's a long ride from Bristol. They got a game tonight, so it's very nice of them to join us. Yeah, in the very, studio. very big. That uh, there was a big, big ESPN big. story that yes. dropped the, today. So it's all it's a Donovan Klingon day, and uh, the the cat is finally out of the bag with him. Uh, it's seven footer sophomore, fifteen years old, uh, making a lot of waves as we get here down to the end of the uh, end of the regular season conference tournaments. We'll be start begin. We'll know everything about those next week. So. Uh, Lots gonna be going on. Uh, we're, we're anxious to talk to uh, to those guys. And uh, what happened this week in, in boys basketball, Joseph? Well, what happened this week? Oh, a lot of games were played, yeah. and so on and so forth. But I mean, there was not a lot of change in the top ten. I mean, there were no real surprises. The only team that lost the time was Northwest Catholic. They lost to Hall. Um, that was their third loss. They dropped out an old line. Uh, I can't remember the last time if they've ever been ranked. Um, I mean, they were Division Five finalists last year, lost to Innovation. They were Shoreline Conference finalists last year, lost to Cromwell. They both have a chance to redeem themselves in both. And you know what? When you beat Glastonbury, mm-hmm. who Bristol Central lost to at the beginning of the season. Yeah, 70 to 68 in double overtime. Yeah, and the only team they lost to was Waterford. Yes, they haven't had a great year, but the game was at Waterford. It was in double overtime. And old Lyme is a. A season team, Aiden Using very well could be the Shoreline Conference Player of the Year, and you know, and kudos to them. I honestly thought Richfield might get the nod again. Another te- year, week. Yeah, they, the they beat Ward team. last night in a big right, big but that game. doesn't factor into this, right? Right, and, but again, Richfield by four votes is on the outside. So if O'Lyam loses, you would think uh, so Richfield I, gets I, in. It's, it's, it is odd. I agree with you now. It is odd not having an FCAC team in because I thought it would be Richfield. Um, I'm, I'm sure people look at it as oh Division Five team, but yeah, but Old Lyme is pretty good. I mean, they're decent and they're playing a good non-conference schedule. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, maybe they're decided to throw Old Lyme a bone. They've had a, a pretty good season. That's really great for them to to get ranked. Is it legit? I mean, this is well, we'll number one, we'll never know. <laughs> so who cares? Right. But uh, yeah, F- Division Five, which they Division Four to me, they should be right. Division Four. The heck with this Division Five stuff. And Richfield is in Division One, right. and, and uh, you know I would have gone with Richfield in that case. But hey, I listen. did. I had him ahead of. But again, it's it's right. so close, and everybody's got the same eight nine teams. And then after that, you're like, okay, well, who are we going with now? Right, and, right. And you once know. you get to the bottom, it's like, well, I mean, six one half dozen or the other. Um, but uh, as we look at the top ten, we're going to run that down real quick. Windsor, of course, unanimous number one right now, fourteen and three. Yep. Defeated New Britain and Buckley last week. Um, number two, East Catholic, doing what they do. They're sixteen to one heading into the week. Um, number three, Sacred Heart is the team that's kind of the focus now goes to Sacred Heart. Now they've got what a hundred and twenty-two consecutive game win streak in the NBL, and they play home Friday night. At no, versus Naugatuck. Versus undefeated Naugatuck. Number nine ranked 
I would suggest if you're going to go, get there early. Yeah, get there early. It only seats about 800 at alumni, that alumni hall. There's a lot of alumni halls out there, but that particular alumni hall seats about 800. Yeah, yeah. so that's going to be the big game uh, in the NVL and the big game in the state this week uh, as we uh, head. And then that will be like the, the jumping off point uh, into this conference postseason, which – I believe it begins a week from Thursday. Yeah, SECs yes. and, and CCCs would be the first. There might be like a smaller one in there, and then you start getting into the – those have the expanded tournaments. We'll talk about that a lot more next week when we come back, but uh, those are the expanded tournaments, the 16-team ones, and then you have the eight ones like the FCAC and the SWC, Shoreline, and so, and so on. So really anxious to see what's going on there. But uh, anyway, Sacred Heart and Naugatuck, are the that's the big game on Friday, NFA doing its thing. They're number four. They're still undefeated. Uh, Notre Dame West Haven uh, rebounding nicely. Basque East Haven and Fairfield Prep. They are winning. Ben Carroll's been playing pretty well. They're balanced. I mean, they only have the one loss to Hamden last week or two weeks ago, and the, at Hamden, Notre Dame is right now your top seed, yes. I believe. And um, actually, no, I, I, actually, I don't know that because Hill House only has one loss in conference mm-hmm. and they don't play each other. Yeah. So I, it's, I don't know exactly the tiebreakers. There's a lot of tiebreakers in the SEC and by hopefully by next time we tape, we'll know. Yeah, we'll know a lot more. But NFA is undefeated. Immaculate, I mean, number six. Hill House is number seven. Prince Dex still undefeated. They, uh, they as, as we mentioned last week, they defeated Wilbur Cross, and then they also defeated Weaver this weekend, 84-75. Right. So they're still unbeaten. It looks like they're going to be rolling into Division Two uh, or into the, at least the CTC tournament, which they well, are the prohibitive not, favorite. They are win. not losing that tournament. No, they're not. Uh, number seven, Hill House, number eight, Prince Dex, and then number nine, Naugatuck. Kind of surprised Naugatuck has only been sticking around at number nine. Maybe they deserve to be bumped up a little bit. Yeah. Well, now it's time to find out on Friday. Yeah, I'm on sure the if road. they beat Sacred Heart, I'm sure there'll be some significant movement. Yeah, absolutely. And then but Sacred Heart will stay in the top ten even if they lose. So. We talked about Old Lime at number ten. So, I mean, uh, it is what it is. Uh, we'll find out how much these rankings have been on the nose as we get into it next week. So uh, Again, it's it, the question like, – we're now going to find out these other teams – that are in the also receiving votes, the teams that are not receiving votes, can they make runs in the league tournament? That's when you find out, as you said, Sean, are the voters doing their job or are they not picking the right – are they missing the teams that have four or five losses? And we every year there's somebody who gets through to the finals, ends up getting voted in the top ten, that has yeah. six or seven losses because – Wasn't there all year. <laughs> no, and or was there early and left. I mean, Bristol Central was getting votes early and they're getting votes now. I mean, are they the team in the CCC – well, you gotta have to be East Catholic and Windsor. Is it if it's not Hill House Cross or Notre Dame in the SEC? Well, you're gonna have to beat one or two of them to get that kind of respect, and and that's when you find out. So so we'll see, and uh, when we come back, we will have in studio Bristol Central sophomore seven footer Donovan Klingen and head coach Tim Barrett in studio this week. Bristol Central coach Tim Barrett, seven foot sophomore Donovan Klingen, gentlemen, welcome to the program. How are we doing? Good. How are well. you? Thank you for having Happy, us. Happy uh, vacation week. Yes, <laughs> at least for a couple of days. Right. <laughs> Thirteen and four, East Hartford tonight. Talk about coach. How the season's been going? Is how, have you guys met the expectations of your team, or have you exceeded them so far? Uh, we probably have exceeded them. If I had to say that, uh, you know, I thought we definitely were a tournament team. Probably a twelve win team. Obviously, with thirteen already, with three to go, we're a little bit ahead of that. Um, it's really a testament to our growth and work in the off season. 
we start a really young nucleus mm-hmm. of players with three sophomores in the starting lineup. Um, but they've grown, they've put the work in, and, uh, you know, we obviously are not satisfied. So uh, we're in this position, but we're looking to make a run in the state tournament. And obviously one of those sophomores is sitting to your right. Donovan, what were your personal expectations, and do they even exceed what yours are? Um, this year I thought coming in that we, had, we would have made a good run in the playoffs and maybe, like you said, like a 12, 11, 13 win team. But, you know, obviously the next three games, hopefully win them out. And, you know, we're doing more than what I thought we would be doing this year. So hopefully make a good run in the playoffs. It's not every day that we run into seven-footers. I mean, the only other one in the state that is close, Connor Tierney out of Sacred Heart. I, don't even, I think he might be 6'11". Um, just talk about your growth spurts. At what point you – I think last year you were 6'8". Yeah. So how – at what point did you know, or did the doctor tell you at physical you were seven foot? How did, or are you? I'm seven. You feet. are seven foot. Yep. Okay, this is no myth. All right. So, did you? Obviously, your mother, Stacy. We'll, we'll talk about her in a minute. But she was a basketball player. So, what? Uh, again, the growth spurt. Where did you? Um, going into freshman year, I grew like two, three inches. Mm-hmm. So I got six, eight, six, right. nine. Right. All last year I was around there, and then summer I grew another. Two, three inches, and now seven foot. When did you When did you go over six? Well, I don't remember. Probably. <laughs> you weren't in, like, you know, fourth grade, were you? Probably, like, fifth, sixth grade, to be wow. honest. Wow. Yeah. So what? at what point, Dad, do you remember what it, that – when you – how did you find out you were seven foot? Did you go to the doctor? Or did you measure um, – I, mean, I went to my uncle's house, and he's, like – you got to be seven feet tall, so he whipped out a tape measure and 84 inches. Well, how does that – what's that feeling like? I mean – It's crazy. <laughs> I watched all these NBA – when I was younger, watch all the NBA players right. seven feet tall, and then now I'm seven feet tall. <laughs> Who's the second tallest kid in the school? Um, Probably Mike. Yeah, probably Mike Lorenzetti. Our, my it's teammate. about 6'6". Six, 6'6". Six. Six, six. And he last look up to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is that – is that an odd feeling? I mean, did it take – does no. it take getting used to? I'm honestly? just yeah, a little bit. I mean, I've a lot of people since I was young looking up to me because I was always tall, always taller than everyone else. Well, here's what I want to know: when was when was when was it easy to like so easy to dunk? You just yes, yes I didn't start dunking until I was going into freshman year. Okay, I you did first in game dunk going into freshman year. Did wow. you try beforehand? And like, yeah, it was just not working out well. <laughs> <laughs> so going into freshman year when you had that spurt. Is when the first time you were like, yeah, yeah, I could just. And how it was easy? Was it? I mean, it wasn't easy. It wasn't hard. I had a breakaway, so there's no one around me, so it was, uh, I didn't have to do it over anybody. So it was <laughs> nice. Tim, when did you first hear that about Donovan? What grade? And what knowing you were going to eventually get him, and then having him. Uh, he came. Uh, he used to come around when Stacy was still alive, and uh, his family used to come around even starting in fourth grade. <laughs> Um, fourth grade is when I knew he was coming up and uh, I can tell you we played at Windsor I think about seven years ago I think he was in seventh grade and he was at our Windsor State Tournament game Mm -hmm. uh, in the stands behind the bench Um, and I had met him and his dad uh, numerous times but he just bled you know maroon for Bristol Central since he was young and he just wanted to follow in mom's footsteps and so I was excited then um, but obviously the 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 player he's become today, I had no envision of that 
down the road, but it's obviously great for the school, and I can't tell you how much I enjoy having him. Were you, li- were you, were you like, is if he comes here, like, if he stays here, it's going to be a miracle or something like that? Were you starting to think about all the attention he might be getting? I thought he was going to be six foot eight, to be honest with you. I didn't yeah. think he was going to be seven feet tall. I thought I was going to have a tall player. I knew I would have a big post player. I didn't know I would have this dominant force inside at seven feet tall. So, obviously, you know, as he's grown and he's become bigger and bigger and all the attention that he's gained, um, you know, we I enjoy having him when I have him. And I know uh, his family and I will do what's best for Donovan right. uh, in his future success. Um. We know, but if you want to let the audience know, you've still five major right. Division One offers. Would you like to just let everybody know who those five are? UConn, Providence, Syracuse, UMass, and Georgetown. How many did you get, receive your freshman year? Zero. It was the summer going into sophomore. This past summer, so you yeah. got them all. When you get that first offer, and I think it came from Syracuse. Syracuse, what is that feeling like? It was crazy. I knew it was coming. I knew – my time was coming, but not Syracuse being my first off. Wow. And UConn was second, was it not? Or third? Yes. I think Pretty UMass. UMass was second. Then it went UConn. Was this out of camp? Did you, they give it to you at camps? So Syracuse, I went to their elite camp and then came back. And then the day after I got back, I got an offer. They called me. Mm. Was the head coach? Uh, no, it was Coach... Audrey. Oh, Adrian coach. Audrey. Adrian right. Audrey. Remember, you oh, remember I remember Adrian. You there? No, Adrian graduated the year before I got there. So, yeah. Full disclosure, I went yes. to Syracuse. I'm not I, I'm not saying a word. <laughs> so, no, I, you make your decisions. Yeah. Um, you know, but. How has the attention been on the court, off the court, being who you are, being what we just talked about? What has it been like, and how is it tough has it been to adjust? Being seven feet – Getting defensive attention. Just talk about how tough um, it is. It took like last year, fan section. Like people, there weren't that many people at our games. Like as you know, right. this year it's first game of the year. I think what we sold out first game of the year. Wow. To East, Ooh, yeah, against uh, Glastonbury. No, the first home game. Um, right, right. Okay. Got to get more f- parents for the booster. Uh, <laughs> for the for the running the uh, concession stands. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Lewis, uh, you know, but Lewis Mills game. Lewis oh. Mills game. That game was. <laughs> <laughs> I sold out crazy. half an hour before tip off. Wow! Do you sell out a lot of your games? Uh, it's pretty close. Well, how many do you see? Uh, I believe we can hold somewhere about thirteen hundred in our gymnasium. That's pretty good. Wow! So, yeah, it's a big school. So yeah. what's what's what has it been like being Donovan Klingon? Um, <laughs> it's crazy. You know, like uh, walking in the gyms and everyone's looking at me and trying to, you know, talk to me, take pictures with me. Um, you know, playing the game, I'll do something not as what people think I do, and people start chanting overrated. That's just funny. I think that's funny, <laughs> and that just gets me going more. And then I try a little harder and do better. It just how does obviously you have to be good. Yeah, like being seven feet that helps obviously, but you have to be good too. Um, you know, and and for coach for a, a teenager who's growing into his body and is getting there's a long awkward stages everyone knows we were all we all went through it in our own ways um how do you you know continue and, and donovan be sure you know whatever if you want to jump in here but uh, you you know you have to marry the two things you have to be you have to get adjusted to your body and then you have to become good at basketball because you're, you might be seven foot but it doesn't mean you're great at basketball correct yeah. um I'll just touch on that a little bit. Every college coach that has come to see him can't believe how he moves for mm. seven feet tall. 
He's not. He moves really well on the perimeter. Um, technically, by percentage, he's our leading three-point shooter right now on my team. What's his percentage? Uh, about 44%. Oh, three for um, seven. <laughs> three for seven. <laughs> okay. Um, three for seven, right? But it's, it's at the same time, I mean, he can shoot it if – he needed to he can shoot the ball outside anytime he wants um first preseason scrimmage first possession we were playing hall out of west harford and he buried a three from the corner on the first possession and coach moriarty looked over at me like is this for real (laughs) and i was you know i just smiled um but you know we watch a lot of film from last year and i can't believe that's the same player i'm coaching right now the, the leaps and bounds he's made from freshman to sophomore year. He's added on 27 pounds onto his frame. Wow. Uh, we've been working hard in the weight room uh, trying to get that body to be college ready. That's one of the things I definitely think that we can do to help him. Um, and then sometimes I can't believe his coordination like you talk. I, I used to call him a baby draft. Um, <laughs> and it just takes time to, you know, get your, your feet underneath you. Yeah. And uh, he's definitely improved, you know, um, tremendously from freshman to sophomore year. Donovan, were you always like a – did you start as like an outside shooter or do were you always like, I'm going to play inside, but I want to work on this side too? I mean, I always thought I was a shooter, but I wasn't. I had the <laughs> ugliest shot. And then high school came around. And I just, last year I didn't shoot the ball much. I And then over the summer I was just shooting, shooting a lot more. And That's something you had to work on. Yeah, I felt more confident in my shot now. And you, and you work on this stuff every day, yeah? Yeah. How how many, how many hours a day do you work when you're not playing games? Well, depends. Like, so school days is hard practice because we got our practice girls coming after. But like yesterday, I went in an hour early before practice and the day before because weekends are nice because I can go in earlier, so I get more shots up. Before. Every weekend he's in there. He's the first in the gym every single weekend. Coach, what time are we going in tomorrow? It's practice at nine. Are we going in at seven thirty? Um, you know, getting off seven hundred, eight hundred extra shots. Uh, before practice, do you have you? You must have like a nice setup at home. I mean, being the son of a, um, a former was good women's basketball player. I mean, I broke my basketball. My, <laughs> I was broken outside. It's, How many have you broken over the years? Um, this is my first one I've broken, but a lot of them the wind. You know, they'll fall down and <laughs> shatter the back, backboard, bend the rim. So, but this is my first hoop I've broken. <laughs> Bristol, coach, it's a good sign. Bristol Central coach Tim Barrett, Donovan Klingon, sophomore for the thirteen and four. Bristol Central team playing East Hartford tonight as we are taping this on Tuesday morning, the Courtside Podcast. How have you, Coach, had to adjust your style of ball? Obviously, a lot of you, he's in the post. Every guy's you're spacing around the perimeter, and you have to move the ball and find the open man. He did that against Middletown. I'm sure you've done that to a lot of teams this year. How has it changed from last year, the offensive sets? Um, offensively, obviously, we try to run everything through him. But right. the spacing, the, the cutting, the movement without the ball, once the ball is entered, obviously we know the double team and the triple team is coming. So what do we do once we enter the ball to the post is, is key. He's a really good passer and very unselfish. So, you know, we had to adjust, obviously, less sets, I would say and more understanding how do you move to the open area to create our own offense. He creates offense for our team just based upon his skill set that he brings to every game. It's not just him scoring, but he makes things easier for everyone on the court. How often do you have you seen a straight straight up man-to-man defense? Straight up single coverage. I haven't. I said <laughs> did Windsor play you man? They did. But Windsor's like played help. us man, but it's helping um, you know, generally the double team is coming at some point. Um, teams Triple that have, team? Sometimes it matters. Quadruple We've, team? <laughs> Donovan? 
Mm-hmm. All five? I mean, you saw. Have you seen all five yet? Glastonbury. <laughs> First game of the year. Five guys. <laughs> That's what it felt it like. It felt right? like, yeah. Okay. Um, but even Middletown, Joe, you were there. Um, you know, they started the game off basically putting four guys in the paint. And yes. pretty much leaving our perimeter guys open, and we were not we were all for three to start the game. But and then you kind of went once, on a run. You know, the law of percentages right. say we're going to make some eventually. Hopefully, we did not versus East Catholic or Glastonbury earlier <laughs> in the year. But um, right. you know, we've been shooting the ball better and better throughout the year. And with that perimeter game, that gives us an opportunity to make a serious run if we can knock down shots and have him in the center. And Bristol Central is in Division Two uh, for this season. Now, do you find – I found Milltown challenged you. I'm guessing Windsor challenged you. How many teams maybe challenged you guys in the paint, or is it mostly perimeter? Um, Glastonbury challenged me in the paint a lot. Okay. They had two, three guys on me at all times. We struggled to shoot, so that means they don't have to get out to our shooters and they were focused on me. Um, thought New Britain did pretty good. Yeah. Um Middletown did good. East Catholic did good, but I was I was dead that day. I was not not feeling good. Uh, Windsor was Windsor so did good. So they'll come in. They've challenged yeah. you in the paint. Yeah. Innovation, as I mentioned, obviously did yeah. not. And there are a number well, of teams that do not. They'll just keep it on the perimeter. Yes. Um, Simsbury, crazy stat through three quarters did not have a two point field goal. Um, and How they, many two point fields did they take? I think eight. In, in three quarters, and they that's, had taken 21 threes or 22 threes. So, you know, you asked me about offensively making adjustments. We've also made a lot of adjustments defensively mm-hmm. using what he does so well right. on how we need to defend um, because, obviously, there's a lot going on in the perimeter because people don't want to come inside. And every team has seemed to try to pull him out to take him out of the paint to open up lanes, but he covers so much space that he can play five feet off a, an offensive player and still cover that ground because of his wingspan. Yeah, what is a wingspan? I was just about to ask. Um, I think it's 7'3", seven, 7'4". Seven, um, and, you know, he's standing, <laughs> his standing reach right now is about 9'8", nine, 9'9", nine, nine, wow. um, when he has his <laughs> hand straight up. So. Yeah, almost there. We almost there. We didn't mention, was it 240, 230? How much um, 245. Okay, I think he did tell me that, yeah. 245. Um, do you feel stronger with all the muscle weight on that you put on? Do you feel how much? How do you feel differently? Um, yeah, year? I feel stronger. You know, this summer I was in the weight room three times a week at least, so that all paid off, and now I could make finish stronger and make stronger moves. Um, again, Tim Barrett, Donna Clegan from Bristol Central joining us. We you met you re- referred to Stacy's mother, uh, battled two different bouts with cancer. Yeah. Uh, passed away in March of 2018. 18, yes. How, as an eighth grader, and I was we should quickly we should just mention that she was a, a schoolgirl star, a star yeah. at Bristol Central, yeah. set records, school records, went to Maine, same thing. Yeah. Uh, yes, she was just in, it was just in her blood and uh, right. Um, and how tough was that for your family to go through? Extremely deal with tough. that at a young age. It was really hard. Um, it was she. Was like the head of the family, you know. Everyone right. loved her. She was always in best mood. Everyone was happy when they were around her. So it was really hard for everyone. Do you? Did you guys talk often about basketball, even toward the latter stages of her battle? Did, and what were those conversations like? What was it even about basketball at that point? Um, it was. We talked about basketball a little bit. How you know, her college days, her 
high school memories. You know, we went out to they had a special game for Maine versus Duke because the Maine, the Duke coach coached her at Maine. Right. So they had a special game for her when we went out there. It was mm-hmm. nice to be out there and you know it was a hard time how does the family recuperate together your dad bill and the, your sisters siblings how how were they able, how closer did you Nick, did you guys get a lot to get closer. through that? we had to be together like we had to be a family you know can't like one person not talk to somebody cuz then we don't have that strong close bond and we would all struggle but you know we all stay close to each other, talk to each other, and it's nice. I'm leading into how it is important for you. I mean, there's an ESPN story I ran. I have to say they spent some time with you in the home and, and, in, and um, at school. You want to leave your mark, and you already have, at Bristol Central. How important is it to you right now to finish your career at Bristol Central. Very important. I mean, my mom has multiple records there, still holding them. Like, I think she still holds the block block record, rebound record. I mean, I last game against Plainville, I passed her in points. Um, so, but, you know, I just want to keep breaking her records and school records. Did, did you talk to her about that a lot, about no. how you were going to stay there or no? No. No, because I wasn't, like, that good in eighth grade. <laughs> Seventh grade, I wasn't. I was a little chubby boy running up and down the court. <laughs> well, listen, the elephant in the room, and, and Coach already knows where I'm going with this. Um, most people who want to play Division One, they end up going to prep school, even those with major Division One offers. The question I have, Coach and Donovan, is: It's already happening with his father. How do you keep? What's best for him? What's best for his future versus what he wants to do? How as tough is that going to be for you and the family to decide if there's a lot of pressure for him to go to prep school? If that is the case, if that's what coaches in Division One want, I don't know how it works because with five uh, offers, I can explain hand. a little bit, a little bit with that. I mean, first of all, most Division One schools that have talked to us um, have talked about his ability to actually stay at Bristol Central. As really? long as because okay. we, we play 25 games a year, Joe. And with these AAU circuits now, these guys play 55, 60 games, all right, um, throughout the year. And if you're playing the best competition in the country on these AAU circuits, then 25 games where he can work on his game right down the road from his house and he can work on his strength and he can work every day in the gym, it, there is some benefit to that, too. Obviously, selfishly, we would love to keep him at Bristol Central. Um, but if it comes down to the day, you know, after junior year that he needs to have a step up in competition or they think that's best for his future career, then, you know, obviously we will do what's best for Donovan. Um, his family and I have a very close relationship and we would sit down and do what's best for Donovan. And that, in the end, that's all we really care about. And you are 15, correct? Yeah. So you, when do you turn 16? Next week. Okay. Well, happy, birthday. happy birthday early. Um, there, there's been a recent trend of, kids going early and reclassifying versus a post-grad. I mean, with Correct. five in hand, if he say it wouldn't be, he could just go right to college. What is, do you, in, in your mind, the uh, pitfalls and benefits, for versus benefits and pitfalls, of a reclassifying for any 
student basketball player, especially when you have all the prep schools in New England surrounding you. So a lot of the guys that reclassify are because they're not receiving the offers they want to receive. I mean, when you're a 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid that's already got offers from five major programs um when notre dame is in your gym and cincinnati's in your gym um which are have not offered yet but i've already been out to see him you know i think that says enough um being a seven footer is a dime a dozen yeah and uh you know with a skill set like he does it's definitely an opportunity for a lot of these major programs and i think the recruiting is just starting um and i think it's going to be a wild summer um, <laughs> once he gets out on that AAU circuit as well. So he's, how, he's sitting over there, like, nodding his head, I, like, oh, I, I, yeah. I guess is how – I mean, as fun as that's going to be. Fun. And, and, again, you can't have a lot of contact with him legally by the CIA. See, how does your father – if you want to answer this, Dom, you can keep you from being pulled in so many different directions by all these people who are going to be in your ear if they're not already. Um, I don't really – I can't really talk to them right now. Like that. Until, what is it, July 1st? July 1st. We talked about that on the car ride down here today, Joe. We talked about Good. the change because right now all the contact either comes from me through the coaches to me or to his AU coach, Joe Chapman, out of Boston. Okay. So either Joe or I are the ones that receive generally most of the calls. Right. Um, that's going to change July 1st. <laughs> so we actually were having a long conversation on the way down here today about how we want to handle that going forward. Um and Starting July first. How do you police it? How do you? I mean, how do you police the madness? Let's um, March Madness. This you is know, a different kind of March Madness. Bill, Bill, his dad, <laughs> and I. The one thing we want him to be is to be a sixteen-year-old kid. Right. Okay. And that's our major goal. That's number one for us. Let him be a kid. Um, by staying at Bristol Central, part of that it allows him to be a kid and hang out with his friends and have a sleepover to watch the NBA skills competition like he did Saturday <laughs> with his friends and things like that. Um, I watched it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, every time we go see a game, he, he you know, a lot of these college coaches have been really great. We go up to UConn Sunday. Um, he's allowed to bring a couple of his friends with him on a visit and things like that because they want him to be a 15 Yeah, you know, kid. it's really interesting. You guys are from Bristol Central. You all know about Aaron Hernandez. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw <laughs> the the uh, the – what was the, the recent uh, documentary was on Netflix? I yeah, believe it was. was on Netflix. We did. Uh, oh, I think there was a real, uh, the real le- there was a big lesson that came out of that for me, and, and a big part it was, and I know you guys can maybe talk about this. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, yeah, I saw. But that he was not, a, he was really young when he got out of, when went to went to Florida. He left after his fall season. Right. My point down. is, you Sorry. guys had for, like in a school that was Aaron Hernandez's school, and you follow that, and you see what something. What it can happen if a kid doesn't isn't allowed to grow or is grows up too early. I mean, obviously that must play into that mindset or that that idea that you got to make him let him be a kid first. Yeah, I mean that's the whole you know success comes with happiness, right? And you know we want him to be happy first, so be happy being a kid. Um, you know, there's pressures, there's all these exter- ex- ex- excuse me, all these circumstances basically that are coming in from the outside that we, we just try to shelter him from. That's Bill and I. That's where right. we talk constantly trying to make sure that everything, you know, is in place for him to succeed and be happy and just be a kid because down the road he's going to have some pressures that we can't shelter him from. Right. But at 16, we should be able to do that um, well enough in the school system and his dad at home. Donovan, how has it been so far? I mean, I know this is only – this is very recent for you. But how is it – I mean, as the pressure starts to build, how much do you just want to be like, all right, 
I want to go hang out with my friends. I don't want to worry about it. I mean, how do you balance that? Um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm getting used to it. You know, it's a lot. You know, AAU teams, prep schools, college coaches, just calling coach, <laughs> my dad, my AAU coach, and then they're coming back talking to me about it. You know, it's. I try not to get to my head too much. You know, just stay humble and keep working and keep doing what I do. But it also must be hard to. I mean, not only you gotta you know worry about. You want to be not worry, but you want to be a kid. But you also have to go to school. You also <laughs> yeah. do have to do homework. You got to keep your, you know, I guess English or, or you know science or whatever you're taking might be the furthest thing from your mind on yeah. most days because basketball pretty much is a big commitment and a big you know someone like you, it's a it's consuming. It can be consuming. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that? Um, you know, practice usually isn't too too late at night so i'd go home do my homework or go home eat do whatever i gotta do and then do my homework before i go to bed at night you know i, I gotta find time to squeeze it in there do you do you set aside a specific time that you it's strictly school nah. no you just kind of like <laughs> wing it whenever right? i got time yeah <laughs> wing it. how much do the kids in school or teachers ask you about your future a lot uh, what college you gonna do or you every know. day yeah i hear it a lot mostly a lot Every do you day. have a trained answer? Do you have a set answer that you give people? No clue. That's what I say. No clue. <laughs> Still got two more years. How about your teammates? Tell me about them. And, uh, um, you know, how have they been adjusting to, to some of this attention, all these packed gyms and stuff? And how do you maybe, you know, talk to them and say, like, guys, we're, we're one here and we, you know, we got to stick together and all that kind of stuff? Um, they're getting used to it as long as I am, you know? Yeah. Um, they. You know, they don't ask me college, about college decisions and all that. They're just trying to help me, and I'm trying to help them be better. And we're just working together and try to win a state championship. Good friends with all of them. All of them, yes. Yeah, make your best. Make you grow up with all of them throughout your. Yep. You play middle school basketball, yeah. elementary. You play with all of them. You which know, is nice. It, it's an opportunity for our team as well. Yeah. So now these guys are playing in front of sold out gymnasiums. Absolutely. And you know the atmosphere that is that what you play high school sports for? Absolutely. So I tell these guys all the time, enjoy this. We play Bristol Eastern. It's sold out. We play Lewis Mills, and I, the last thing I say to these guys always before we leave is enjoy this tonight, enjoy the excitement, because this is why you play high school sports. Most people would dream to play in front of sold out fifteen hundred people, two thousand people. And we've been lucky enough to have that many times this year. That's been the one drawback for these kids who make the decision, prep school, for their futures. They don't get to play in a lot, front of a lot of people. They're playing in front of college coaches. They're playing in front of – it's because there's not as much interest. But that's where everybody – you have to have to go if you want to get better, supposedly. So, But you, you, a lot of kids have missed that – those atmospheres, like – so many who play for state championships, it's not the same thing atmosphere-wise. Correct. I, I think, you know, what we try to strive at Bristol Central is that family atmosphere. Um, and we, you lose that sometimes when you go to some of these prep schools because you're it's more of a business. Um, more of it. It's, it is. It is a business, it let's is be business. honest. And, it is a business. And that's a lot for a 16-year-old kid. Oh, yeah. So, because his future is going to be a business when he goes to the college, right. Division One ranks, and then hopefully future endeavors obviously past that. Um you know, I, I believe that he will be playing professionally one day. Um, where? Who who knows? But, you know, he definitely will have the skill set and the ability to go somewhere to play um, at his size. And, you know, it's going to be a business for the next 
15 years of his life so for for two years three years let let the kid have some fun and live with the family atmosphere that he wants around that's what he talks about with family with passing a stacy family means so much to him and he's a cornerstone not just on our team but he's a model in the school building um he's a role model for all student athletes and everyone sees him in the hallway and you can't help but smile donovan what's what you didn't talk about your mother, uh, Stacy. Um, you know what? What was she like? And um, you know what? What's what? What did, what's the most you've learned, or what's the thing you, mo- you learned most from her in the in time you had with her? Free throws and ball games. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, that's after every game we lose. It's because you know free throws. You missed right you lose by two, and you look in the book. You know, missed two free throws. You could have won. There's a, there's a mention of the of that in the ESPN story where I I I, don't, I think it was a middle school game or mm-hmm. something like that where she yelled out now a lot of talk people talk about you know, parents yelling things out but she was yelling at you instead of the refs in this case and she was like what did she say she said uh, make your free throws what you miss say? you miss one more you're walking home yeah that's right, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and did you hear her yep and what did you think i was like can't miss another one <laughs> and sure enough you didn't no nope. they're like you um, wouldn't i guess the story was you didn't you weren't gonna make him walk home and he was like well did he miss one yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> um yeah, on her grave at the cemetery, it's, you know, people quotes on it, and hers it says, free throws, win ball games. On her headstone, and it says, right. free throws, win ball games. That's, that's emotional. Do you hear her voice on the line when you're playing? Yeah. I just think of free throws, win ball games, and make sure I knock them down. I start off the season struggling, but then, you know, I just get in the gym and shoot. That's pretty other, powerful. Yeah, the other day I shot 200 free throws before practice, you know, try to get them. Did she throw you out? Did she throw you out of the house and tell you to go work on your free throws every, when you were growing up? Um, no, I was a good free throw shooter when I was younger. Oh, okay. But then, like freshman year, beginning of the year, I struggled, and then this year, beginning of the year, I struggled. It must be tough because again, we get back into it. You're growing. You're yeah. This massive growth spurt. You got to figure out how to. It's different, isn't it? When mm-hmm. from like a couple years ago to now. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew more so. I'll, Closer to the rim, have to have a higher release, you know, try to got stronger so it's more legs and less arms than I used to. So what else can you tell us about, you know, her and, and you know, the lessons she's imparted on you? Three flows obviously, very important. But uh any, anything else? She always wanted to do what's best for me, you know. Like if it was she always um like if she was here for a situation it's she wouldn't make me go prep school. She wouldn't make me do whatever it's, whatever I want to do and what would make me happy. Did you even talk about that stuff? No. She, no, because it was, it was no, what, two years ago, right? Yeah. You yeah. were 6'5 at the time, 6'6"? Six, yeah, six. probably like 6'6". Six, six, yeah. Okay. But she, she, got, she must have had an idea that, you know, you were becoming a good basketball player or, or you had the chance to be. Yeah. Um, when she passed, it, like, flicked the switch for me. You know, I just had to, you know, go out there and, you know, work extra hard now just to do it for her because I was – it's what she would want me to do, and it'd make her happy. So. Do you do you ever get to see like videos or stuff of her playing? Um, a little bit. I try to like look some up or something, but there's not too many out yeah. there because you know, like twenty years ago. So right. Well, the, I guess that yeah, and, and up in Maine too. Uh, what was, I guess the question there was what what did, did you notice anything about her the way she played and the little things you did get to see or no? Um. Well, when my grandma tells me we have the same facial expressions throughout the game, I guess. <laughs> That's what she tells me. Awesome. So, What's your grandmother's name? Uh, Debbie. Oh, right. Okay. 
That that's your mo- mother's mother's mom. mother, yes. right? Okay, she was the uh, picture in the article, right? On ESPN. That was grandma. So awesome. Uh, how about you? Your relationship with your father now, and and uh, you know what's? I mean, what have you, what is, how's that been going, and how, how's he uh, helped you get through this? Um, we're just getting closer and closer day by day. You know, he drives me everywhere. You know, I play I play for AU team out of Boston, so. Once, twice a week, I got to drive out to Boston to practice. So, you know, he brings me there, watch my practice, brings me home. You know, it's nice to have a bond, a close bond that did, we have. Did he play? Um, He played for two years in high school and then realized it wasn't his his sport. <laughs> so it's, there's not a lot he can help you out with basketball-wise, yeah. is there? <laughs> What's the name of the AU outfit? Um, Team Spartans. Most of them from Mass, Boston area. Yeah, there's three of us from Connecticut. Ooh, who you like um, Hayden Abdullah and Matt Curtis. Matt Curtis from Northwest Catholic. Yeah. Hayden Abdullah. Uh, Northwest Catholic. Oh, they both from Northwest Catholic. So, mm-hmm. um, again, Donovan Klingen, Tim Barrett, Bristol Central coach, joining us here uh, on the couch. Donovan, <laughs> obviously, a number of recruits went to the UConn game on Sunday. Let's talk about what you guys do. Do you go and you sit and watch the game? What happens when these Everybody mentions that you're there and wh- where you sit. Just talk about those experiences against um, Memphis on on Saturday, on Sunday. So we get there. wasn't There wasn't that many people there yet. You know, we got there early. We we're watching them warm up. XL Center. Yeah, correct. XL Center. Yes. And then Coach Moore came over, said hi. Um, the stand started to fill up, and then I think it was at halftime. I went up to go get ice cream. <laughs> and every what? step, all I hear is, come on, Klingon, come on, Klingon, come to UConn. Like every, I was just, I walk out to go use the bathroom. That's all I was hearing. So. <laughs> is it incredible to you sometimes? You have you shaking your head like, these college kids are chanting my name and yeah. I don't even know who they are. It's crazy, you know. It's, I was, I'd go down to games when I was younger and I'd hear fans doing it to other people like other recruits so it's crazy that are you, happening to me now are you a UConn fan no, no I'm a Michigan fan Ooh. Michigan yeah what are, you wearing to, what are you wearing today it's Sorry. my AU team oh okay yeah, I was going to say that looks like Michigan State that's, <laughs> that's team Spartans that's yeah, what he plays that's for but uh, you know dad and I were talking about at the UConn game the other day walking behind him just to watch people's facial expressions watch people <laughs> look at him yes. isn't that it's 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 unbelievable. Oh, that's got to be the clinging kid. That's got to <laughs> be because you know who else is seven feet tall in here. Um, it's just you know obviously it's an honor. Um, you know one thing I'll say about dad. Dad is so proud uh, of what his son has become, and yeah. um, you know I can't be prouder. And I I sent him a text the other night that literally just said I I love coaching you, and I love coaching him not because of the player he is. It's because of the young man he is, and I can't stress that enough. Any whatever program gets him. They're getting a great basketball player, but they're getting even a better individual. Um, Donovan's, like I said, a role model for all student athletes, and I, I can't believe the young man he's become. Have you heard from Michigan yet? No. <laughs> What's that going to be like if you do? Yeah, I mean, I'll be excited, obviously, but that's <laughs> just a goal. You know, that's one of the guys I talked to him about. His game kind of models John Teske that's there mm. now. Um, kind of what I want his body to look like, continue to fill out and – you know, get stronger as he gets older. But you are you're a big you're a big college basketball fan, yeah. Yes, NBA I just cannot watch. Cannot watch the NBA. Really, it is so boring. 
Wow. There's no defense. He steps up, takes a shot right in the dude's face. Like, it's so boring. Did, did you ha- do? Do you have a team you kind of follow? Oh, I'm, I'm a Celtics fan. Okay, yeah, all right. That, make, that makes perfect sense. I used to yeah. love. I went to um, I don't know what it was, but when the Heat had LeBron and uh, D Wade, D Wade Chris Bosh, and then they were at the TD Garden for Game Seven against Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. Yeah, I was at that game. That oh, game you were. Was, that game was crazy. Did, were you part of the throngs of people who follow the? Uh, who got to follow uh, uh, Tremont Waters around when he was here? No, I actually had no clue who he was until, like, his first year at LSU. Oh, and wow. I was like, oh, these kid's from Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> he was a kid who sold out. Town over. He came out. He refers to it. He came from prep school back to CIAC and sold out seven or eight buildings, and it was an absolutely incredible. Yeah. yeah. And then we, 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 when they played Hill House for the SEC championship game at Quinnipiac, I mean, we were both there. But it was 3,500 sold out by 4 o'clock in the afternoon or 1 o'clock in the afternoon for a 7 o'clock. And people were off the connector getting off to go out. I mean, that's – we talked about crowds and stuff. That's what that was like. And it was not the same for him when he went to South Kent because you're not playing in front of that many people. But um, but there's something about – and I don't know, maybe – I mean, you're young. But there's something about you go to play at South Kent or you go to play – and you're playing against guys who might be of your level – but then you talk about when you're playing for your high school team and the goal is to get the Mohegan Sun and there's like a set, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. is that factor into all this stuff a lot? Yeah. You know, I, everyone wants to walk around with a ring on their finger, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's, but it's just how you get there, you know, you got to work hard. You got to have a good bond with your teammates. You know, you got to be well coached. You got to well right i mean well i guess my my thing is there is when i look at prep schools i don't feel like they have the type of bond no as far as like the setup the basketball setup like if you look at cic basketball it looks like the ncaa you play your schedule uh you go to a conference tournament and then it's you go to the like the ncaa tournament type 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 of deal have you been to mohegan sun yeah, uh, meaning like when I was go younger, watch I used to go watch. I watched one game. I've been there once, but for the championships, uh, no, when I, it was like a college game, maybe. Okay, I don't remember it was a while ago. We talked about that on the recovery ride down. I asked yeah. him if he had been to the state finals because I was re- referencing our uh, semifinal loss to career about six years ago when we had an opportunity to right. go play in the CIC finals, and uh, we were just talking about the. You know, that's one of the things that Stacy never did. She didn't win a state title. Oh wow! So. At Bristol Central, if we could bring one in the next three years with him there, that's something that he could hold on to as his own record because we haven't won a state title, I believe, since 1989, 91. That was uh, with Malcolm and Martin Huckabee and Coach Phelan. 1990, if I'm not mistaken, because he had the game-winning shot against Beetle. Montelli, oh, yeah. St. Joe's. That Joe's. game was on television. I remember that. Yeah. I actually remember watching it. Malcolm Huckabee went on to play at Boston College. Yeah. I'm not trying to impress people now. I just remember it. I remember, like, what are you laughing at? <laughs> refresh my memory. The career game. Yes. You coaching Yep. At, was that New Britain High School? New Britain High School sold that was out. The, that was the close, controversial yes. Do Am I correct? There was a little bit of controversy in that game, but we were up two with – 20 seconds to go and, and we this. were and we had a, the ball in our best free throw shooter's hands and the kid made a great play and actually picked him from behind yep. um but i was telling donovan we lost in double overtime yes. and we had four starters fall out we we were down to one starter left and they had a few out yeah, I mean, and they had a few out and it was a highly contested game uh, but 
career went on. And they beat Northwest Catholic if I'm not mistaken. In the finals, they beat Windsor. No, they lost to they Windsor. Lost to Windsor. In the that finals, was yeah. the the old. That was the the famous free throw. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, so, Windsor. And I have no idea what they're talking. Oh, about. I know exactly what it, you do. Remember <laughs> I'm with you, Donovan. Actually, no, you do. You were there. If you remember correctly, the Windsor game. That was oh. the game when the kid got hurt. Yes. And the Windsor kid came off the bench to shoot the free throws. Yes, I agree. It right, happened right. in the semifinals against right. Bunnell and it happened it. in the final against. Gotcha. Yep. Yes. And okay. that and career to this day he still thinks that they got jobbed. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Okay. But anyway, I do remember that game. I knew yeah. it was it was a crazy atmosphere, and that's what we've been trying to talk about here. Those kind of atmospheres, something you can't you can't replicate. You you don't know what's going to happen, and you just hope you get atmospheres like that, Correct. and you have been playing in front of them and. I mean, that Lewis Mills gym oh that night, <laughs> you know, they only probably hold 700, 800. And, I mean, there was standing room only, and I'm talking closed 30 minutes before. And that atmosphere, we walked into the gym because we were doing it as a special night for uh, domestic violence that night, a purple out night. And we had been playing in the middle school gym that's connected for JV. So we walked in literally just to go to our locker room, and the place erupted. Wow. Um and I could not believe this. We're going to get dressed to get right out of And this, the crowd was already nuts. What was that like, Donald? Crazy. <laughs> I, um, you know, there's a little stuff going on before the game happened, and which led to this game being sold out. But then, um, you know, walking in there, and they had the two bleachers of our fan section, their fan section, and the parents, and it was like. You couldn't walk out of the stands. Like there was, everyone was sitting on the stairs. There was not a. You couldn't get out. We didn't even have a seat on the bench for our guys. Oh my god! Uh, they had to move like ten people. I pr- pr- pretty much the two coaches stood next to each other in the middle <laughs> yep. the entire night because there was nowhere to go. Um, definitely interesting, loud, unable Fun. to hear. Fun. Fun. Yeah, I was just about to ask: is, is there a lot of pressure in playing in a, in an atmosphere like that, or how did you feel maybe the first time, and how do you? How have you adjusted as time has gone on and, and, and more um, gyms are like that? It was, you know, obviously like I said fun, but um, I think I scored the first four, six points, yeah. and then I didn't score for a while, and then they did their little overrated chant, and then I <laughs> ended up finishing the game with like 34 points. Does that does that motivate you? Oh, yes. Every crazy. single time. Every single time. Please so keep, keep, keep chanting it. <laughs> so you're telling everyone that they should, they should just rain it on. Rain, rain, yeah, I think it's funny. I start laughing. Oh, Last yeah. time I started clapping with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but, but there's, there was an adjustment to make, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Um, but now you're like, it's like old hat now, isn't it? Yeah. Or is um, it still hard? Uh, it's not, it's still hard, but you know, I try not to listen to what the fans say cause they do say some nasty things, but I yeah. just mute it out and not let it get to my head. I guess that's a whole part of being, you know, being yeah. uh, the center of attention, no pun intended, I guess. But uh, but now it's gonna now it's gonna get there's gonna be even more and more and more. You have an ESPN article, <laughs> so now people who didn't know anything about you, they're gonna know. You're talking to us now. I mean, it's gonna mm-hmm. the next few the next month is gonna be pretty wild. Yeah, crazy. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Your teammates ready? Yeah. Coach, you ready? <laughs> Focused. We you know we have an opportunity um, to to obviously make some noise. Um, like I said, I think we're a year ahead of schedule. I thought next year, to be honest, would be the year we, we had an opportunity to make a run. Um, but we're here now, so yeah. we got to lock in. I constantly use the word lock in to these guys. Lock in, lock in, you know, follow the scouting report, do what we have to do. And, uh, you know, we're playing for a lot. Staples lost last night. 
which means if we win out, yeah. we lock into the four seed, you get um, which gets, means you don't play on the road and three the entire time, three home games, and neutral site after that, and the ability to play all home games without having to travel, all right, except for neutral site, is huge in the CC, you know, the CIAC tournament. Yeah, I was just going to go there. Let's mention uh, we're at the stretch run here with Bristol Central coach Tim Barrett, Donovan Clinton, star sophomore. Um, next Thursday begins the CCC tournament. You will have a home game in the opening round, and then you go to Buckley. Yep. It's Buckley the rest of the way, correct? Correct. And obviously that's – you figure your seating going to be um, – If we went out, we should be somewhere around five or six. Okay. Uh, in the CCC, with uh, followed by, as as long as everything plays out as expected. Um, if we lose one of two, we still should have a home game, but we probably would drop to the seven eight line, mm-hmm. um, which obviously brings back playing Windsor and East Catholic, East Catholic. In, the sec- in the second. You'd like round. To, like to try to avoid at least to the semifinals if if you, if you could if you could. Um, and he uh, coached him referenced the tournament. Stick Division Two, just so the folks out there who aren't paying, who aren't following it, Prince Tech currently is the top seed, one of two undefeateds in the um, in Division Two, and we both saw them yeah. a couple yeah. times, and they're legit, as I'm yes, sure you are. know. Naugatuck, who's going to have a very big game on Friday night at Sacred Heart, which can factor into actually they probably would only drop. They're they actually would locked. probably stay where they are. They yeah. probably locked in too. Yep. Innovation, who you guys trounced on the road um, in New Britain, they're currently the three seed, uh, and followed by Bristol Central as the four. Middletown, who you guys also beat on the road. Holy Cross, Xavier, Crosby, Staples, West Haven. A lot of name value. A lot yeah. of lot of lot of teams that have been there before yep. who have tournament pedigree. I mean, I'll say this. Uh, we played seven Division One schools this year in our schedule. Mm. So one of the things I've been, you know, striving with, trying to t- push onto these kids is that if you play seven Division One schools, you've played, you know, Middletown, you've played Innovation. Um, that's why, you know, Matt from Innovation had picked up our game because he knew with their move to Division Two, he has to play some of these guys. Right. He can beat the guys in his league, but he needs to, you know, get his guys exposed to what it's like to play in this division. I mean, I appreciate that. I respect that. Um, Whether the outcome was as he wanted or not, Um, at least they know what to expect when they're playing a top 10 team in division two. That's what they're going to see. I've been able to see probably seven of the top 12 teams play live. Mm. Um, And obviously everyone's very good. You're going to have to bring your, your best the night that you want to play the Nogatucks, the Princes, um, across the board. Even, you know, I'll go down to Amistad. Amistad I saw a couple of weeks ago, and they were very impressive. Who did you see him against? I saw him against Cromwell. Okay. So when we played Cromwell Thursday night for our senior night, um, and they're coming in with 11 or 12 wins as well. So, Since you're in Division in Division 2, you're not going to end up playing, you know, the East Catholics or the Windsors, but – you are in the same league, and this is a uh, you played you played them both during the season. Yep. Uh, the first one against East Catholic, right after they lost to Windsor, which I'm sure probably had a little bit of a factor. Maybe you can get, maybe you can clue us in on this. Yeah. But like it was a big showdown night. Yeah. And uh, you guys did not play well. No. You know, sure. I think you played. It just it was like seventy to thirty ish. Yep. Um, um. But then you played Windsor a week later, and you played tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is like some. First of all, tell me about that East Catholic game. They're coming off Windsor. They lost. 
you knew that they were they were yeah, it was right at it was only a few days after mm-hmm. you know you knew what to expect what happened in that game that you guys just just wasn't a contest i was like um i was like dead to give you insider information he didn't practice the two days before okay he was extremely sick at halftime oh. he was laying on the floor i didn't know if he was going to get up out of the locker room oh wow um but that was no excuse. East Catholic right. was much better than us yeah. on that night, and uh, but everyone's got a sickness going around. I mean, I think that's correct. part of it. I mean, there's, there's throughout some, the whole team, throughout the whole team, we've had six guys out in the last month with the flu of some sort. Yeah. So everyone deals with that. Um, so that's no excuse. Like I said, East Catholic was much better than us that night. Um, it snowballed on us very quickly. Um, defensively, you know, Coach Riley does such a great job yeah. with those guys, and they rotate. They keep you on one side of the court. Um, they do a great job, and they they did a great job taking him away as well. Yeah. Um, it made it difficult. Now, if he's at a hundred percent, I don't know if it's a thirty point game, but even with him at a hundred percent that night, the way we played outside of him, we would, you know, we weren't any competition but for East was, that night because of the way that all went down. Winter's coming up. That must have been a big opportunity to be like, you know what? That's not us. This is going to be something else. Yeah. Um, East Catholic and Windsor had two different styles of play. You okay. Windsor is just straight man, and they're going to give the ball to the three guards, and they're going to bomb away. So we had to do our best though, to come up with a game plan to stop that. And when they came to paint, I, know, I was swatting. And <laughs> you were feeling it that yeah. night. What, what, were your, what was your final stat line? I think it was 34, 29, and 8. He's correct. I think everyone was like, whoa. I think that was, that was when people said, oh. Joe, Joe emailed me the next day. Is that is that right? And I, was I like, saw it online. I'm like, it, it was. Um, you know, I'll give my team a lot of credit. Yeah. Yes. We not, lost Thursday night to East Catholic. And then Friday at practice, it was the practices leading up to Windsor. I could tell you there was a change. Um, East Catholic woke us up. Right. Um, I was sometimes say. you get content. We had just rolled through that six-game schedule um, against the lower half of the CCC, and we had been winning games by a lot, and guys were only playing two, two-and-a-half quarters. And then you walk into East Catholic, and, you know, you yeah. better be ready because, you know, at East, at uh, Windsor, and at Middletown, and obviously I think we had much better showings versus Windsor and Middletown at the end of the week. But that East Catholic game woke us up as a program. Yeah, but you still lost the Windsor game. We did. Yep. Yeah, and uh, there's an opportunity coming up here. I mean, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of good teams. The CCC is probably the – I would like to say it's the best league in the state at this point. It is point. until somebody beats those two teams. Right. No disrespect, man. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I mean, none taken. Until, until they, those they, two teams lose. They know what they're up against. They know what no, to do. I mean, but uh, so this is a, this next two weeks, you know, get a good seed and, uh, I mean, get to Buckley, and that's going to be a zoo. I mean, now you guys are kind of entered the discussion, regardless of how that happened against those two teams having another team in there and then a bunch of other teams that are really good that are going to want to like make their names too that looks like it's going to be a real if you especially to get the buckley it's going to be a real fun tournament yeah, I, i'll tell you saturday no matter what those eight teams whoever the eight teams that go to buckley on saturday yeah. i mean you're looking at a new britain team seated 12th or 13th right now who beat us handily at home yeah in early january i mean that top 16 can all play and those eight that get there saturday talon's been great um, Northwest is excellent. I mean, there's no yeah, easy game that's going to be there on Saturday. How, how excited are you? I mean, that's you got to win that game. I don't. I mean, it's probably going to be a home game, but you. I mean, you really want to get into that building, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, one game at a time. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Um, did you go there last year during the? I mean, you didn't play I in it. But. I I went to watch because I made all conference last year, so okay. I went there for the yep. thing at halftime and watched. 
Were you there for the final? Yeah, that's no, I semis. The semis. Okay. The, um, who was it? East yeah. Catholic and was it Farmington. Mix yeah, there? Farmington, yeah. East Catholic. That's the game I was at. I forget who wins or play. I forget. I Simsbury. Yeah. I think it was Simsbury. And Coach I didn't Stone. go to the semis. I went to the final okay. and the quarters. Yeah. Yes. But uh, at that building, when it gets, you know, it's it's a it the babe the babe field house. <laughs> it's yeah. a it's pretty special. I mean, actually, that's I don't know exciting. Before we wrap, I want to at least ask. We've talked about the attention in, in so many different avenues, but the one I'm curious about, when you're a seven-footer and you get that kind of physical play in the paint and you have to try to protect him, Coach, and, yep. and work the referees, and that we all understand that's what goes on. How is it not to get frustrated, understand that they're gonna, people are going to take their shots physically and send you to the line rather than have you dunk on them? How has it been able to – not get emotional and be able just to. It's really hard. Yeah, really hard. I uh, sometimes I'll give him a little elbow back or you know try to like on uh, post spin get, get a little flying elbow out or something or, but it's hard. You know they're just sitting there on my back pushing elbowing me. It's you know I go up for foul and it's just smack. Like they call a foul, but like it's. Well, I, well from their perspective. What are they going to try? They're going yeah. to try. And I'm sure you've yeah. talked about you there. If you were coaching against him, you'd be like trying I'd to. Tell him every day. I'd, we'd be leaning on him, pushing him, beating him, throwing double teams at him because you have to play physical. You're not going to let him gain his post. I mean, if he goes inside and he's two feet away, it's in. So yeah. you got to do things to try to get him off the block. And, uh, you know, teams obviously are very physical. Uh, one thing I'll say about our board, I'm sure they're tired of me before the game saying, protect my center, please. Board six, correct? Board six, yes. uh, Harper board, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of these guys are refereeing a seven-footer for the first time. So they're getting used to refereeing a seven-footer because there hasn't been many seven-footers that they've refed in the last five to ten right. years. Um, so they're doing a better job. It's definitely, you know, um, the board's getting used to it, and I think as the year has gone on, the refereeing has gotten better. Uh, because they're more used to watching him play, but you know, I, I try to, I try to say, a foul on a seven footer is the same foul on a six footer. If you would call it on a six footer, call it on the seven footer. Don't say, you know, one of the things I heard from other officials, not our board, is, <laughs> oh, he, coach, he's seven feet tall. Well, it doesn't matter if you're five foot five or seven feet tall. A foul is a foul. Right. If a hand check's a hand check, you know, we like to call the hand check 60 feet away, but we don't call the push three feet away from the hoop because right. he's seven feet tall. Um, not complaining. Um, like I said, our board has done a much better job, I think, as the year goes on. And, and it's an experience for them as well. Um, you know, one of the things we always talk about, you know, you get all this attention for a reason. Take it as a compliment. Keep working through it. Keep your head. Because no matter what level at college, everything, the chance, the physical play. Um, watching UConn Memphis the other day, I'm, I know we talked about. It. I mean, th those were big boys that were banging in the paint, and it's physical, um, and not everything's going to get called. Yeah. So we got to play through contact. Though it's frustrating, no matter whether you're here or at another school, you're still going to have the physical play inside, and not every call is going to be made. Is it hard? How much of a mental challenge is that, Donovan? Very hard. It's like, you know, I'm trying not to like, get my head too much. If it gets to my head, and then my game goes down, and I'm not as good as I am when I'm, like, you know, when they're not in my head. Like, if I'm <laughs> – if they're not in my head, I'm playing my best game. But when they get in my head, it's 
game comes down a little bit. This has been a challenge for you because you've had to learn, like he has as a coach, how to coach a seven-footer, how to deal with, a lot how of to protect a, a lot a of player. adjustments being made. <laughs> People don't appreciate Correct. that unless you've coached a day in your life. <laughs> no, but unless you've coached a seven-footer or a six-nine, you don't really understand until you go through it. Correct. I mean, there's different things you're looking for, and I, you know, the other night there was a small little thing that led to a flagrant foul in the next position possession, and I said to the official. Did you hear what I said to you on the last possession? I could tell you where this was going. You know, the clapping in his face is only going to lead to the next possession. Absolutely. Where there's going to be a flagrant, and then he's going to react. You know, but one of the things we talk about is the ability to walk away um, because his future is so bright. So, you know, a lot of this comes from envy sometimes and, and wanting to get you off his game and, you know, that's what they do to great players. They try to get them off their game. So take that energy, that the negative energy that's being pushed on you and, you know, put your elbows through the rim and take it out on the rim every time you go up. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, ask some of the best centers or, or big men in, in the NBA or in basketball history, and they all have gone through it. And that <laughs> how they responded to it. I mean, ask Shaquille O'Neal, ask, you know, whoever you want to talk about. Uh, ask about yeah, – they just – how they responded to that right mm-hmm. is is the is what makes you yeah. elevate your game the best players have always been hated that's what happens um that's how they try to get to guys and no matter what you know being a celtic fan larry bird oh yeah i mean the things that were said to larry <laughs> could never be repeated on this podcast yeah. that's for sure <laughs> so but nobody could nobody could spit it back better than larry bird from what i understand but I mean, he did it in a subtle way where most people didn't know so oh, yeah Oh yeah, I mean, you, you must have watched. I mean, you must have watched. I mean, film on. I guess yeah. it's amazing to me that Larry Bird's not been retired and like long <laughs> before you were born, which is crazy to me. That's just you were born in two thousand four, right? Yes. So the twelve years. Oh my retired. goodness. Well, he's actually yeah because he was in the Olympics <laughs> in ninety two, the Dream Team. Oh my god. And his back was like shot, but yeah, he didn't play much in the Dream Team. No, see, but yeah, he didn't 92. have to. Um, no, he didn't. But we're good, gentlemen. Coach Tim Barrett, Donovan Clinking, thank you for making the trip down here to New Haven. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Pleasure having you on our podcast, and uh, well, I'm sure we'll be seeing you in the postseason. So thank, thank you very much. Definitely. Thank Thanks you very much for having us. Yeah, I can't wait to see you guys in the postseason, really. It should be should be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Looking forward to it. So, Joseph, that was Tim Barrett and, of course, Donovan Clinging. Uh, it's it's – a lot of in, a lot of insight. Yeah, a really a lot of cool stuff uh, from them. We really thank for them. Thank God it was a uh, it was a vacation week because uh, you know we allow actually get them in here. We yeah. love having players on. We love doing that that kind of stuff. And like I said, the ESPN story dropped it, and and on their way out of here, they said they the Bristol right. Central has been getting a lot of phone calls about can I come see this kid by a lot of people out there, and uh, they, that that game. I mean. It's this this podcast is going to drop a little beforehand, uh, but that game of East Har- versus East Hartford is going to be uh, packed to the gills just because of this ESPN story. I would think yes, but I also think people have known about this kid. I mean, we have and we and again we wrote about him last month, maybe a little bit. And Harvard Kern has written about. I mean, again, you're seven feet, you're going to get noticed. You have five Division One offers, including your own school in your own state. You're going to get noticed, and he is living up to the billing. Billing when we say 34, 29, and eight against Windsor. Yeah, it's against Windsor. It's not against some Jamoke school. It's right. Windsor. And now it comes down to well, there's obviously now a lot of you know, people who didn't know about him. Now, now you do. Um, so uh, he's 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 as some coach said to me, he's a problem. 
mm-hmm. in, in Division Two. I mean, he's a problem because how, what do you do? You can't right. stop him. You got to try to stop everybody else. You got to try to limit his touches. You got to try to come, devise a plan or just outscore the other team because it's they're going to be a factor in Division Two. Mm-hmm. And as he said, if you have three home games, you're in good shape. Yeah, you go to the semifinals. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, if you get in a night like they had against East Catholic, granted that was East Catholic. That's East Catholic. Right, right. I mean, that's going to be fat. Here's where I really want to see. Like I mentioned to the two of them, I really can't wait to see them make a – how far are they going to get in the CCC tournament? You don't play in Division One. Here's your chance. You get, you know, you, you got your sophomore. Uh, is this – they're going to be their coming out part in the CCC tournament or is it just going to be, you know, is this is it going to be the Windsors and the East Catholics? Everyone thinks that's going to be the showdown. But can a team like Bristol Central upset the apple cart here? Can they, can they make a, a move here with him? I think we have talked basically ad nauseum every single week Windsor has played to the level of its competition. Yeah. Whether that's good or bad, they are always playing close games. Maybe not as much this week, although New Britain it was an eight-point game. New Britain has been getting votes, so yeah. that's not a surprise. The problem is, is that eventually you get caught. Now, they already, as as Donovan alluded to, Bristol Central was ahead in that game, and Windsor was going to find out, was going to find a way to win at home, and they did so. I would say it's gonna they're gonna be hard pressed to beat either one of those two teams. Now, doesn't mean it can't happen, but right. I think it's those two teams. I, it, and until until proven otherwise, it's Windsor and East Catholic until you beat that them. That is gonna be a very well attended tournament at uh, Buckley yeah. over the weekend that weekend. That it's, final's gonna be insane. You're gonna get to get there early. That's a third that'll be a Thursday night, March, uh, whatever it is, first week of March. I mean, even if it's Bristol Central and East. Or it's Glastonbury in Windsor. You're gonna, it's a well-attended tournament. It's one of the more well-attended league tournaments. Yeah. Oh that yeah, we it have. was a barn burner. That last ECC year. It was great. in the past. ECC's always been big. SEC SEC, SEC has its moments. It, 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 we talked about it with Hillhouse in um, Notre Dame a couple years ago, but it, it, it has to have that kind of draw. And a seven-footer going to U, possibly going to UConn has that kind of draw that yeah. will draw and people then, out. Hey, let's go watch uh, the kid play. Absolutely. And then you have the, you know, Primo Spears and uh, Corey McKeithen at uh, Windsor. And then on the East Catholic side, obviously you have Matt Noling, um, yep. Gale. I mean, there's a lot of star power in the CCC this year. Really a lot of star power. It's a turn. If you're going to go one tournament uh, on a Saturday, go to that one. And they're the best league until prove, proven otherwise. That yeah. is unless, uh, you know, Bristol Central decides to lose at home <laughs> in the first round. So I, I, I think, it's but there are other possible. good teams. There. there are. I mean, the ECC is very, very good. I mean, we alluded to Sacred Heart and Nogatech. Can somebody finally beat Sacred Heart? Right. I said at the beginning preseason they were coming back to the pack. Right. I'm standing by it. We'll see. I think Nogatech's going to win. All right. So I kind of alluded to it last week as somebody tried to tell me, <laughs> and if you had to read between the lines, well, I'm now I'm saying it. Yeah. All I right. think Nogatech's going to find a way to win, and if I'm wrong, and I have no problem well, getting my chops broken about it, because here's the thing, Sacred Heart. Uh, Teams like Naugatuck, they believe they can do it. They have to prove they can do it. Teams like Sacred Heart know they can, and that mental edge means so much in these kind of games, and they're at home. So Naugatuck's going to have to play hard and play well in order to beat Sacred Heart, whether or not Connor Tierney, the seven-footer, plays or not. Because Sacred Heart is tough at home, they're mentally tough, and they've been winning since 2014. Right. So. I, would it be surprised to say, of course not, but you got to go on a limb, and this is finally me going on. All right, limb. you heard it here first, folks. Joe Morelli says, Nagadak. 
will win the battle of say uh, the NVL showdown of unbeaten. So well, send that, that send, send your win. complaints next to yeah. our in, to our whatever inbox and feel I free to if tweet Sa- at me and that's fine. I expect if Sacred Heart wins, they might you might hear from some people. That's so. Okay, <laughs> but I mean Sacred Heart's been winning. Eventually they they will lose. Oh yeah, it may not be for six years from now. It <laughs> may be tomorrow. It might be Friday. We said this year. I thought this year would be it but well, maybe so the NBL hasn't been as good and it's again it's really hard to beat them Lorenzo Washington we saw mm-hmm. him against Crosby he's good I saw him yesterday against Nerima Fairfield he's good yeah. he's just that much better than everybody else and can Nogatuck stop him I don't know yeah. can Sacred Heart stop Avery Hinnett I don't know we're yeah. going to find out. Yeah, but. we will find out and uh, you know, with that said I mean listen it was a long podcast we appreciate uh, you hanging in with us yeah appreciate you hanging in with us nice interview with Donovan Klingon coach and uh, yeah, very excited to, to get into the postseason here. I can't believe it's almost here. It's the postseason is almost here. Uh, so for Joseph Morelli, this has been Sean Patrick Bowley, and this has been Courtside on Game Time CT.